would you join me in thanking Jay for sharing that incredible story with us today? And happy Easter to all of you, those that are gathered in our campuses and those worshiping online with us and uh, at Bush Lake and in our Woodside gathering. So good to be together. And wow, what a story, Jay. I want to say thank you to Jay personally to, to share that story. What an amazing story. You know, your father's dead. Your body is crushed. Your mind is tormented. And your life is spiraling. And in one wonder-filled moment, you find Jesus Christ and healing begins. I really appreciated his words so insightful when he said, I exhaled all that guilt and God gave me a life worth living. Now that's Easter. That's being affected by the risen power of Jesus Christ. And that's really the question of the day. Is your life affected by the risen power of Jesus Christ? And for many of you, it's a definitive yes. And we celebrate that. And for some of you, you've never experienced the wonder of what it is to be affected by the presence and the power of Jesus in your life. And I pray today is the beginning of your own journey. And for some of you, you've lost the wonder May you discover it, rediscover it even today. Let's look at this word wonder for a moment. It means to be affected with surprise or admiration, to find yourself struck with astonishment, to be amazed, to, to marvel over what's taking place. And all of those expressions are actually conveyed in Matthew's gospel and his account of the resurrection. And Everything was affected according to Matthew and what he describes for us and everyone that was present was affected. The earth felt the effects. We're told suddenly there was a violent earthquake. So nature was awakened. The ground shook. Um, the rocks erupted. And the olive trees even danced in the garden, waving their twisted limbs because the earthquake so much. Many of you know that there was an earthquake at Jesus' crucifixion as well. So the earth shook with sorrow at the crucifixion, but it rocked with joy at the resurrection. The resurrection had cosmic significance. And then we see that the angel felt the effects. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. He's like an action hero, this angel, who descends from heaven to earth in a brilliant beam of light and plops himself down on the stone that he's rolled away in defiance of death and the triumph of love. And he rolls the stone away, not to let Jesus out, but to let the women who are on their way to the tomb in. And the guards felt the effect. So the guards were so afraid of him, that, uh, so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. So they, they stood like corpses, we're told. They shook in their sandals. These strong men that were tasked with keeping watch over the dead became as dead themselves. They, they were just scared stiff. And then the women felt the effects as well. In fact, you know the women were making their way to anoint Jesus' dead body with spices. And I wish we could hear the, the conversation. It's not recorded for us. There had to be a spirit of futility. Who's going to roll the stone away? They arrive and the stone is already rolled away. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. And if you go on to read the account there, you find that they're bewildered. Um, they're um, excited. They are filled with wonder and absolute joy. The text says that they ran to tell the disciples of what they had just encountered. 
And I love this. You have to go back 2,000 years to find the freedom given to women. The women were the first evangelists to tell the story that Jesus is not dead. He is alive. And so, you know, we just got to catch up with what happened 2,000 years ago. Women have always been on the front line of so many different initiatives. What a story we have here. Easter is an earthquake. It's about a stone rolled away with, from a tomb. It's about a dead man who's walking the streets. And it's about an angel, an unexpected angel who's sitting on a stone. It was an absolute ruckus. And everyone who was present felt the power of the risen Christ that day. They felt it. And I don't know how we come to Easter and not um, celebrate Easter without being moved in it. It affects us. So what effect does Easter have on you? And there's realities that come into life. The Apostle Paul wrote this amazing letter to the church in Corinth related to the effects that the risen Christ had on so many people that were around at that time. But he writes this letter to the church in Corinth, a church that he helped start, a church that um, he knew the members of quite well, most of them at least, but he was completely disheartened because what had started out with such life transformation had diminished and many were no longer living their lives honoring to the Lord, no longer living with wonder or being affected by the risen power of Christ. He gets pretty descript in it as well. He says that they're arguing with each other, they're coming against each other, they're um, not speaking to each other. When they do speak each other, they don't speak well of each other. They were suing each other. Many were living without sexual restraint at all. And you can be sure if it was today that he was writing this letter that there would be a firestorm debate over masks and whether you should wear them or not. There was just a debate about everything, and they weren't getting along, and he wrote this letter to encourage them to pull it together, to begin to live your lives honoring to the Lord again. And he says, to move your life in that direction, it takes one thing, the resurrection, the risen power of Christ. See, Paul knew something to be true in that gathered church, that many people who are now gathered no longer believed that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They didn't believe in his resurrection. And some had just lost the wonder of it and stopped inviting the presence of the Lord and his power to affect them. And I can't help but wonder if that's not the reality even as we gather. There are some of you that are here and maybe online who do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you don't stand in wonder. You've not felt the effect of his presence and power in your life. And I pray today that it begins. And some of you have lost that wonder and may you recalibrate and experience it anew today and begin that journey as Jay says, the healing begins in that surrender of a life to Christ. That's what we have. If you really believe, Paul is saying, your life is transformed. It affects everything in your life. He writes about it in this letter to Corinth, in the first letter, there's actually two of them, and he dedicates a whole chapter of it to the resurrection. There are 58 verses in this chapter, so got your seatbelt on. I'm not going to read all 58, it's okay, and I'm not going to preach on all 58, but I do want to speak on a few of them. So just follow along, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, 
and you are still in your sins, then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I want to speak today to five Easter truths just briefly and uh, see how they help us uh, see how, how God comes alongside, he raises Christ from the dead and how that matters to us in our everyday life. Now you'll note that Paul, he wrote this letter in the negative. I'm going to state it as he wrote it in the negative, but then I want us to stand in wonder of the positive expression of it. Let's look at these five truths. Truth number one, if Christ did not rise, then our preaching is in vain. And that vain word means useless, or it is without substance. So Paul is saying that all of this effort that I've been giving, proclaiming that Christ has been raised from the dead is completely empty, and I've wasted my time preaching it, and you're wasting your time listening to it. But live in wonder, if Christ did rise from the dead, then preaching is not in vain. It reveals the truth and points us to God that he is alive. He is the one who breathed life into us and wants us to have life with him. I want to just say something just humbly, if I may, boldly as well. I've been in ministry now for 40 years. I know you can't tell, right? <laughs> You're thinking I'm 39. I started really young. I did. I'm a little older than 39. But I want to say this humbly and boldly, 40 years of ministry, my preaching ain't in vain. And it's not my preaching. It's the gospel I preach. I preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ and have personally witnessed the power of that gospel transform life after life over these 40 years. Yeah, amen to that. That's the power of the gospel. Um, I've seen liars stop lying and cheaters stop cheating. I've seen drunkards stop drinking. I've seen relationships restored. I've seen marriages mended. I have seen sick people healed many times. And I have been with people contemplating suicide and they decide to live because of Jesus Christ. My preaching is not in vain because our preaching is not in vain when we're preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the power of the resurrection affects our lives as we welcome it into our own personal journeys. Truth number two, if Christ did not rise, then our faith is in vain. It's really personal here. He's saying that your faith is worthless. That is, it has no results. It's a little bit like a trip without a, a, a destination or a promise with no fulfillment or a tree that bears no fruit, or a game that has no winners like all of your NCAA basketball brackets were this year. You got devastated, decimated. I did. I was in three brackets, and I'm a total mess today. March <laughs> madness became March sadness. <laughs> but many of you are saying, when you hear Paul say this, your faith is in vain, you just get to the edge of your seat. So my faith is not in vain. You have seen the power of God at work in your life and you know it to be true. And you would be willing to stand up just like Jay did at the beginning of this message with his story and declare a testimony of how your life has been affected by the risen power of Christ because you know it is not in vain. So we live in wonder. If Christ did rise, then your faith is certain. You know that the presence of Jesus Christ can be experienced and you know that he is working in and through your life even today. My faith is not in vain. 
I have seen Jesus Christ do things that no one else could do, open up doors that never could have been opened. I've seen him do the impossible along the way in these 40 years of journey with him. And I know it in a personal way. I've known love in the face of hate, and I've known joy in the face of hard. And by the way, this last year has been really hard for me, for many of you, for the world in which we live. And I've experienced peace in the midst of loss. I've even experienced patience in the middle of rush hour traffic. (laughs) And my point in saying that is the effect of Jesus is in the simple things, not just the big things alone. It's in the everything of our lives that we celebrate the risen power of Christ. And what a gift it is to know that your faith is not in vain. And then truth number three, if Christ did not rise, then we are still in sin. Simply saying that sin still controls you, which means that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he did not pay the penalty of your sin. Forgiveness of sin was not accomplished, which means then you are still living and with a guilt and a shame that tends to hover and weigh you down in life. It means that you still feel alienated from God, that he's way out there somewhere, but you're not experiencing him here. You've not been rescued. But live in the wonder of the reality here of something at work. If Christ did rise, our sins are forgiven. Shame and guilt do not weigh us down. But we are no longer alienated from God. A bridge has been built so that we can live in a personal relationship with Christ and know that we are alive in faith and we can know him personally. This is the gift that we have, a life with God today because of the forgiveness of sin. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have sinned at least one time in the last year? Raise your hand, okay? All right, not every hand went up. Some of you have amnesia or something. I don't know, or you think more highly of yourself than you ought, maybe. I don't know what it is. I I know if, if, when I take inventory of my own life, top of the list, I have the evidence of the risen power of Christ on so many fronts, but near the top of the list has to be the forgiveness of sin. Because like you, I say and do things I ought not say or do, and I know it. Spirit prompts it. And I have to make that decision to come to him and go to people and I confess. And here's my journey. I receive forgiveness. And I experience what it means to be set free so guilt and shame do not hold me back. To live your life way down with shame and guilt is not necessary when you believe in the risen power of Jesus Christ. He sets you free. He makes things right and whole. What a beautiful gift this is. You know, there's a lot in my life that I'm still learning. But there's one thing I know. I am not the same sinner today that I was long ago. And now are you, if you experience the presence and the power of Christ. And I can't help believe that that's why some of you are here today. Some of you received an invitation to come to Easter services here, and you said yes to that invitation. You thought it was because of the person inviting you, when in fact, perhaps it was the Holy Spirit of God inviting you to come inviting you to get out of the sin that you're living in and to experience the abundant life that he has for you. Because some of you have been thinking to yourself, the life I'm living is not the life that I want to live. It's got to be better than this. There's got to be more. And Jesus is saying there is a resurrection and there's power in that resurrection. And that power of that resurrection will set you free so you don't have to live in the weight of shame and guilt. You can be set free because of who he is. This is the gift that he gives Truth number four, if Christ did not rise, then those who have died have perished. Carrie and I just had a very dear friend of ours, a deep Christ follower, just die um, a few weeks ago. 
And I think about her every day. Just loved her so much. And that loss is so deep for us. And to think that if this was true, Christ didn't rise, that her death would be the end, that it would be ground zero, that there'd be nothing more, would be beyond tragic. But I live in the wonder of a truth that if Christ did rise, then you are alive today and your best life is still to come. In fact, Jesus taught it so clearly that every human being, when we're resurrected, when we die, we, we just go right up to be with him. And so when our eyes close here, they open in the next realm. There's no jet lag. There's no time delay. And we find that in the example of the repentant thief on the cross. I, I, this is an amazing story. Here's the thief next to Jesus on the cross. And he's lived his life as a thief. And he repents and he acknowledges Jesus Christ's death and the promise when he says, today you will be with me in paradise. That's the risen power of Christ. It changes everything. When this life has been a mess, he makes it right for the next life still to come. Oh, we live in the wonder of all of this today, that we do not perish, but we have life with him today and always. And the fifth truth, if Christ did not rise, then we are to be pitied. That is, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then why try to live your life according to his will and his way? Why try to figure out the purposes that he has for you, which is the teaching of the scripture, is you've been made and created with a specific intended purpose for your life. And part of the joy of life is discovering. Why do that? Why live in the way of the Lord if he has not raised? Because people would look at us and think that our lives are nothing but delusional, that we're living in a fairy tale. But the wonder of it all, if Christ did rise, then your life does have purpose. It counts for something, eternally so. In fact, I had a lunch with a, a guy a few weeks ago, and uh, he said to me, um, I just want my life to count for something. I thought it was such an interesting expression because I think he's speaking to something that we all feel. We don't want to come to the end of our journey and think, this was it? This is life, and it's so pointless along the way. There must be something more than this. No, we have the wonder of it all. There is a purpose. We don't waste our life because everything that's done and said in the name of the Lord has purpose. It's meaningful. It's redeemed for eternity even. And so we rejoice. Paul points out the faultiness of what people were thinking and how it was affecting their lives. He recalibrates their focus back into the truth. And we thank God for verse 20, don't we? Which says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I think this is the happiest news in the world. I hope it, you see it that way as well, that Christ is raised, and we who belong to Christ are raised with him in everlasting life. That this is a good life, with the best life still to come, and that's Easter in the story that we celebrate. You know, in 2017, there was a devastating earthquake that took place in Mexico, <clears throat> and it exposed a cache of wonderful artifacts, including, here's the foundation for an Aztec temple, 1,000 years old, and we find that a new world became visible because the earth shook. When the stone was rolled away from that tomb and the earth shook, a whole new world was made visible we got the glimpse of that new world, a death where death doesn't have the final word, um, where injustice is made right, where innocent suffering is vindicated, where love truly transforms lives and whole communities and whole nations because of the infusion of God's power. 
So when the angel um, communicated those incredible words, do not be afraid. You are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Everything changed. Nothing was the same. Lives were affected everywhere around at that time and the generations to come. So it gets real personal again. We come and ask the question, is your life affected by the risen power of Christ? And if it is not, can I invite you just to take a spiritual pulse here? Could it be, maybe, you've been living too long between Good Friday and Easter Sunday waiting for something good to happen and it's already happened. Maybe it's time to let God shake up your world. Maybe it's time to roll the stone away of your distant heart so you can feel the love of Christ and welcome the effect that it has in your everyday life. That's what Jay did. Oh, I appreciated his words. I exhaled all that guilt and God gave me a life worth living. And the healing began. And it does for all of us. And if you come with the knowledge of the presence and power of Christ affecting your life, then you praise God with fullness of joy. But if you're in that place and you've not believed and you've not lived in the wonder of that effect, welcome that effect of Jesus who's here right now and I think by the power of the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you personally, might this be the change that begins a new day for the rest of your life. I want to invite you to pray to that given end with me. Would you stand and join me as we pray together? Um, The wonder, Lord, of the words given to the angel to express to us, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. It was the promise all along that he would come, live, die, rise again so that we would have a way forward in life, a life worth living a life with you today and always. And it happens so simply when the Apostle Paul gives instruction about how we can live in the wonder and let our lives be affected. It's always in the presence of Jesus that the wonder begins. It's always through a simple confession, as Paul makes so clear. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from sin, saved from death, saved for a life worth living. So, Spirit of God, I pray that you would prompt those who have yet to believe, who long for that new beginning, who are eager to experience your presence and power, that they would take this moment and do just that. If that be you, if the Lord is prompting you in and through the declaration of his word today, just pray simple prayer this way in the quietness of your heart and mind. Lord, I confess I'm a sinner and I've not believed. But on this day, I confess with my mouth Jesus as Lord. I believe in my heart that God the Father raised you from the dead. I believe that I am saved and I receive that salvation from sin from death and for a life worth living. So Lord, let that journey begin. Let the new life begin and let me know your presence and power. I ask in the name of Jesus the Christ, amen, amen. Well, we're gonna wrap up our service with another story, actually several stories of baptism, of lives that are affected by the risen power of Jesus Christ. 
What a better day to be baptized than on Easter Sunday. And Jesus actually taught us to be baptized when we come to faith because baptism is a picture of the gospel. It's the power of Christ that affects our lives. And so when you're immersed under the water, it's a picture of being dead to sin. And when you come out of the water, it's a picture of being alive in Christ and declaring that I am a new creation. And I let the Lord bring that cleansing and that new beginning and a new light wherever I might be. And so we're going to hear several stories today of those who will be baptized. We decided why not just give an extra invitation. And if by chance you have not been baptized by immersion, or perhaps you prayed the prayer this morning to receive Christ into your life, then we want to invite you to be baptized today. I know it's a bit serendipitous. And you're thinking to yourself, I wore Easter clothes. How could I do this? We have clothes for you. Just go to the info spot and we'll baptize you at the next service following this service. And uh, don't, don't resist the prompting of the Lord. He is with us and he's been changing us ever since he rose from the dead. And that's why church historians called what happened so long ago after his resurrection, the kaboom movement of God, when there was an acceleration of gospel sharing, people's lives changed, churches planted, so that at the end of 100 AD, there were about 20,000 Christ followers. At the end of 300 AD, there were 20 million Christ followers because lives were affected by the risen power of Jesus Christ. And they would walk from village to village, town to town on Easter, and they would just celebrate, reinforce their lives affected by saying he is risen, crossing the path of another who would say he is risen indeed three times. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hear the stories of lives affected by the risen Christ and celebrate his goodness. Amen.